0: Welcome back to Who's There? I'm your host, Allison. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. This is a podcast where I talk to a new horror fan every week because I hope to destigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan. Because most of us are just regular people who like the adrenaline rush of being scared for some reason, and here we we delve into those reasons. This week, I have an awesome friend of mine on the podcast, Whitney Stutes. She's a horror movie and video game fanatic, and she was such a blast to talk to. She told me why horror movies always make her feel better when she's having a bad day, and why possession movies are the most fun and why she loves them the most. We had an awesome conversation and I can't wait for you to hear it. But one last thing before we get into this episode, if you love the show and haven't left us a review on iTunes yet, I'd be so grateful if you could take a second to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our feed wherever you listen to us. Thank you to everyone who's already left us a review. It's so appreciated as it really helps people to find the podcast. I think I've rambled enough, so let's get into it. Let's get into this conversation with Whitney Stutes. Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of Who's There. This week we have a friend of mine from the Bloody Good Horror community, Whitney Stutes. She is a horror movies and video games enthusiast, and I'm super excited to chat scary movies with her, so let's bring her on. Hey Whitney, how are you? Hi Allison, I'm doing really well, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm so excited that you're here, thanks for being here. Do you want to start by telling everyone a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, as Allison mentioned, I love horror movies and video games, and it's pretty much what I fill all my time with though. I tend to occasionally read a book every now and then as well, but that also <laughs> tends to be horror focused when I do that.
0: Awesome. Uh, so first things first, what's your favorite scary movie?
1: Oh my God, right off the bat. I mean, I think it's, it's going to be hard to not say it's Halloween. Like original John Carpenter's Halloween is to me just a perfect movie, but as I had like been rewatching, like alien is really, really good too. And I also am obsessed with Rosemary's baby Mm -hmm. and the omen. So it's hard to pick one. I know I just named like four
0: (laughs) totally fine. Yeah. It is often hard to pick, pick one. So I get that. Uh, Rosemary's baby was filmed The the exterior was filmed in my neighborhood, so. Oh my god, that's amazing! Yeah, yeah, it's hard to love that movie
1: because of the director, but I I can't help it. I really do love that movie, and I get it. It's another very perfect film to me.
0: Yeah. So, how did you first fall in love with the horror genre? I was a kid that actually
1: was terrified of horror. I remember my first memory of like being scared of something from a horror movie was Poltergeist. My parents were watching it and I walked in and I saw the tree scenes and I saw the clown, which was horrifying. And I'm pretty sure that's the reason I'm scared of clowns. It wasn't it. It was Poltergeist. Um, and so I was terrified of movies and I think things started to shift in how I thought about movie, horror movies around the time that The Sixth Sense came out because my family watched it, my older brother and my parents watched it and really liked it. But whenever it was on or a trailer, I would just start crying. And they sat me down and watched it with me and walked me through it and kind of you know expressed that it's not so much a scary movie as it, it's more of a sad film, which I think you do get with a lot of ghost stories. And uh, I remember watching the ring and having that still scare me. I mean, back in the day when you used to play video games, you'd have to put it on the input channel with the static. And it was just terrifying. Cause it's like, now I can't even play video games. Cause I think about the ring, but I guess like 16 or 17, I I'm. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Bravo had a 100 scariest movie moments of all time. Oh. And like this series that counted down, which I've probably seen it multiple times. So I've like ruined a bunch of the scary moments for myself because <laughs> they show the moment on the, on the TV show. But we watched that together. I watched it with my dad and then he showed me films that he really liked. Like Carrie, The Exorcist, Rosemary's Baby, The Omen. And that really stuck with me. And I started trying to understand why I was scared of horror and really go into analysis. So not only do I love watching horror, I love talking about it. And I love listening to people talk about it, which is why I'm obsessed with so many horror podcasts like yours.
0: (laughs) Oh, awesome. Yeah. I love listening to people talk about horror movies because they can usually analyze them so much better than I could on my own. Right. Same. <laughs> I'm like,
1: Oh, that makes a lot of sense. And then I'm like, yeah. I didn't think that. I just thought it was spooky. <laughs> yeah. They go yeah. into the sim- symbolism of the like colors of the wall and the, the <sighs> filming and the lighting. And it's like, Oh yeah, they filmed it this way. So you feel claustrophobic. And I'm like, I didn't pick up on any of that, but I'm glad someone did. <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely. I'm right in the same boat with you. <laughs> so why do you think that people who seem perfectly sane love the horror genre?
1: I mean, I think they're not perfectly sane. I think deep down, none of us are sane, especially (laughs) right now. Um, I think fear fear is absolutely something everyone is going to experience. And horror films tap into that fear. I think horror films also show us things that we never thought we would be afraid of. And suddenly you're like, oh, I've never thought I'd be afraid of that. But now I absolutely (laughs) hate it and never want to see it again. I think ultimately we watch horror to... It's, it's a release. It's a way for us to, to get out of our head of what's going on. I always tell myself, I'm never having as bad of a day as the person in the film that I'm watching. So <laughs> even like things are really, really shitty. I'm never having a bad as day as that. And I think that's why I find watching horror to be very therapeutic and very cal- calming and like less anxiety. It never really makes me cry. Cause I don't want to like cry watching movies typically ever. And yeah, I think it just taps into something that I think we've all like had that curiosity that we've had of like, what does it look like when you chop someone's head off? (laughs) It's just like, we're not actually watching it happen, thankfully, but it kind of, you know, taps into that, that curiosity that maybe we do have.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think it's a curiosity that most people have, but horror fans admit it.
1: Right. Exactly. <laughs> we admit it's like, yeah, yeah. Like let's, I don't know. There's always like the person with this stepping on the nail. Right. And it's just like, that's everyone's like worst nightmare is stepping on a nail, but we're always like, oh, there it is. And like <laughs> scream about it. But it's almost like an excited scream. That's like, yeah, yeah, that was horrible. Let's watch it again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Definitely. What is your favorite subgenre on horror?
1: I love the demonic possession and exorcism style movies. And I think that a lot of that has to go back to with the first films that my dad showed me with being The Omen, Rosemary's Baby, The Exorcist. It's interesting. I grew up in a church family. My dad is actually a minister. He's not a Catholic minister. So there's no exorcisms going on in my household. But He showed me a lot of horror that had to do with demons and demonology. And I think that always stuck with me as something that I found really, really interesting. Kind of the opposite of what I grew up in, you know, seeing how other religions, I was always very curious about how other religions practiced and what they believed in. And so even if it's not a Catholic exorcism movies, there's like some really good ones. Can't remember the name of it, but there's one with like a Jewish wedding and there's like a demonic possession in that one and i and they're just to me really fascinating even though they tend to be all very similar <laughs> awesome
0: have did you see the last exorcism
1: absolutely it was very very good yeah it's yeah. one that i've i've watched a couple of times because with with some time in between i like feel like i remember what happens in it but i think it it still always like surprises me what the scenes were and you know because I love that they find actors and actresses that are so flexible and able to do all those twisty, turny, really disturbing movements that don't look like I should ever be able to do it. But when they get like a contortionist to do it, it looks so much scarier than if they try to CGI
0: it. Yeah, definitely. I remember watching a video of the, the contortionist doing the First exorcism in the beginning of The Conjuring Three. Did you see that video? No, I don't think so, but I did see The Conjuring Three. Yeah. So yeah. The one where the kids on the table, they have a video of just the person doing it, like in rehearsal or something. It's really weird.
1: Yeah. I think there's an actor that's been in a couple different horror films. And of course, now that I'm trying to think of the name mm-hmm. of them, my mind's blanking, but he, there was one where he was a ghost hiding under a bed with like a plastic bag wrapped around his head Mm -hmm. and was just like flipping and flopping all around. And you're just like, ah, I don't like that. And, but it's him doing it. And you're just like, the body should not be able to do that. My mind
0: just does not compute with that. Yeah. What would you say is your favorite exorcism movie of all time? I mean, probably the exorcist. I mean, it
1: is absolutely chilling, but the last exorcism is, is really good as well.
0: Nice. Uh, who would you say are your favorite horror directors? I mean, I don't think that there's anybody outside
1: of Guillermo del Toro that I love every single thing that they do. Like GDT is just my favorite. I do love John Carpenter. I love Dario Argento, but there's a lot of new directors that I'm just really excited to see what they come out with next you know watching Jordan Peele very closely Ari Aster and Robert Eggers just being like what are you doing next and it's hard because I think each of those directors filmed a perfect movie in kind of their first go with Get Out with The Witch with Hereditary and then I was a lot more critical of their next horror because I was like, yeah, that was a 10. And then I was like, oh, I was, you know, not as impressed. And when I say not as impressed, it's like they were still seven or eight. Like, they're still amazing (laughs) movies everyone should watch, but like, Midsummer and... What was Jordan Peele? Oh, oh, thank you. I was like, it's something. (laughs) Something very short. And I don't really think Robert Eggers is... The Lighthouse is a horror movie per se, so I don't think that's a fair comparison. But he's got... Mm -hmm. um, Uh, something coming out soon. The Northmen. Again, I just think it's kind of horror adjacent more than strict horror, but I'm okay with that because I think he is always doing something very different. I mean, I've only seen two films of his, what he did with the witch versus the lighthouse. They were very different. I'm excited to see what he has up his sleeve.
0: (laughs) I'm really looking forward to seeing what Ari Aster's next movie is going to be since, you know, he had all of the pandemic to write it. So I really hope he does something non-family trauma
1: related. (laughs) I hope he's going to therapy, but apparently there's like a short or something that he did that also is family trauma related and love that he's working through that with his (laughs) films and his art, but I want to see something different. And I love that Hereditary and Midsummer are just like two opposite sides of a coin with color schemes and things like that. But I just want to see something really different from him and maybe not something so like <laughs> <laughs> trauma. Cause then he's just going to be typecast as the guy that only does yeah. trauma horror films. And we don't, you know, now is the time to kind of shift away from that.
0: Yeah, definitely. So an article came out in 2020 that said that horror movie fans were handling lockdown better than non-horror movie fans. Why do you think that was the case?
1: I think, you know, there are so many zombie films out there. There are so many kind of outbreak, you know, we're prepared, right. You know, when you are the person that plays zombie or like video games, you kind of understand like, what's a good weapon. Um, what are you going to pick up in these? it's like machete all the way. Let's go. Shotguns mm-hmm. aren't going to be great. Cause they're going to be loud. Um, you got to carry all the armor, like make sure you have a good melee weapon. And I think that we're prepared because we've watched so much and you always, when you're watching something, you're like, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't go upstairs. I would go out the house. You know, of course it's always easy to say on the comfort of your own couch, what you're going to do in a situation (laughs) you're definitely not in. But I think we can say that like, we're, we're prepared for something bad to happen more so than other folks. And then I think we can finally be, we're kind of excited I mean, I know I was for a little bit to be like, yo, I can just watch all my backlog films now, yeah. which I didn't, of course, but we were just kind of like, I have no excuse now to, to just watch more horror when I'm inside, whether it be, you know, feel good horror, comfort horror, or, you know, get a little too dark and depressing. Cause I think there has been a, um, we don't get a lot of horror comedies as much anymore. We get like kind of the hoity-toity, really dark, sad, everything is bleak. Horror. elevated elevated oh the elevated yes. horror term the yes so lovely it's a thriller if it gets a an academy award right yeah or an oscar i can't remember which
0: one are they the same thing i mean they're um, basically the know. same thing i don't know I, I don't watch either of them i don't either because so. <laughs> none of the movies that i end up watching are ever
1: going to be there i'm just like and then i put them all on my to watch list and never watch any of them
0: yeah i still have to watch uh, what is it Nomadland or something. Yeah. Yeah. That one is on my list. I mean, there,
1: there, there are very good films that
0: win awards. I am not
1: saying that they're not good. (laughs) They're That's just just super snobby to say. I only watch films that no one knows about, you know, it's like, okay, Mm. sit down. (laughs)
0: Totally get that. Yeah. We just, we have a lot of, a lot of horror shit to watch. So yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) Yes. Um, did you watch any pandemic horror movies during the pandemic?
1: I mean, host was the most amazing thing that I I think, I don't even know if there's any more or like pandemic themed, but I just remember watching that on my laptop and I live alone. Mm -hmm. And that was, I don't get scared, but that scared me. And it was amazing to see what these people did. Like, will it age... Well, you know, I don't know. And I don't think that's the point though. I don't think Cora always has to be, you know, a classic for 50 years, but it was a moment. And I think that it's amazing that that person made a moment and I would watch more from them. Absolutely. Because there are a few films that made kind of the laptop screen, like Unfriended. I think is so fun.
0: Yes, I um, like that
1: one too. <laughs> I like it. It's really fun, and I think they did a great job because I remember my friend put it on, and I was like, "What are you doing? Like your laptop, it, your all your stuff is showing." And I was like, "Oh no, that's the movie!" Like because we watched <laughs> it on the TV, and they were using their laptop yeah. to screen, and I was like. Minimize all your stuff, full screen it, but it was, it was the the movie, so yeah. yeah. Are there any other
0: searching? Pandemic? Searching, oh, I know it's searching oh, is not searching, pandemic, I know is but... one
1: I want to watch though. Yeah. Yes, with it's, John it's Cho. Very good.
0: yeah, yeah, it's been yeah. on my list forever. You know, yeah, I would say that that's more thriller than horror, but it, right. it's very good and it's all done on like Lots a desktop, off. so yeah, yeah. But pandemic, like what's come out in the pandemic? No, anything? Uh, like anything like. Like pandemic based horror movies, pandemic. not based on the pandemic, but like zombie the apocalypse. Bay. Yeah, yeah, the I watched that too. Really good. Yeah, yeah. that's
1: one well, that took me by surprise. I I went into it pretty blind, and I yeah. think that's a really great way to watch The Bay. And it's like, you know, I watched that years ago because it's an older film. But I think rewatching it would be probably feel <laughs> a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But maybe um, that's why we're doing better because we have watched the Bay, you yeah. know, it's like, we're be- weird. Are- we know that an outbreak is bound to happen because we just yeah. know we're due for one at this point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we'll be around for the next one. Luckily, you know, I hope I don't not. know. <laughs> yeah, I think this one's going to
1: last a little bit longer and then yeah. hopefully we're, we're good for a while. Uh, so who's your favorite final girl? Oh, God, probably Ripley. I mean, I know it's maybe she's not necessarily known as a final girl, but I think she is. is. And she's such a badass. I have an Ellen Ripley tee of her with her flamethrower gun. And I wear it almost every time I go and vote. The first like two or three times it happened, it wasn't even like something I thought about. It just happened to be. And then when I go to take my, I voted sticker and I'm like, Oh my God, it's Ripley. So now it's like, whatever I go to vote, I'm like voting with my girl Ripley. She gives me my bad bitch energy. I just think she's kind of the, the perfect finer girl because she's, she's always calm and collected the entire time, uh, that she's dealing with everything on around her, which is totally (laughs) opposite of probably how I would be.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I would be Maury
1: Strode crying in a a
0: closet. Yeah. So would I, (laughs) I would run away. You can't see it, but I have a Ripley and Jonesy Funko pop on my shelf. So yeah. So good. Yeah. I saw you post it. It was so
1: cute. I didn't know Jonesy was in it though. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone that gets an orange cat and doesn't name their cat Jonesy is just doing it wrong.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If I ever adopted an orange cat, it's definitely going to be Jonesy. Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) So you like video games. Do you play any horror video games? You know, not really. I think there's such a big difference in playing
1: horror video games because when I'm watching a horror movie, I'm not in control of anything that's going on and playing a horror video game. is like, hell no, I don't want to go through that. No, like I don't want to do any of it. I'm actually working on an article though. I play some horror with my partner and we'll just take turns playing. Like currently we're working on dead space. So think just like alien as a video game basically. I mean, I know there's Alien Isolation which is Alien as a video game, but it's it's an older and it's just very atmospheric and aliens, but we like to play together and then we take turns switching off and on. But yeah, the last thing I want to do, I tend to play video games to wind down now and that is not going to wind me down at the end yeah. of the day. <laughs> That's just <laughs> going to make me shit myself like <laughs> Horror video games, I think, are a million times scarier than horror movies because you're in control. You are the character versus you're observant, I think, in 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 watching a horror movie.
0: Yeah, definitely. I have never played any horror video games, so I have no experience with that whatsoever because... Like, well, maybe- I have some great recommendations
1: coming soon to bloodygoodhorror.com. So awesome. yeah, there's some really fun ones. Like Until Dawn, I think is a really fun one to play because it's basically an interactive movie, mm-hmm. but as a video game and it stars like Rami Malek and Hayden Payne So Ooh. it's like actually acted out, but there's yeah. choices you have to make. And it's a very butterfly effect of what you do. And that's a really fun one to play with people because you can try to decide make your decisions together. But then yeah. there's these quick time events where it's like you have five seconds to push a button. And if you miss it, your hand might get chopped off. And then that's it. <laughs> there's no going back. You cannot just like be like, oh, well, let me reload. There's no reloading a save. Like mm-hmm. your hand's gone.
0: Ooh. Oh well, that that's interesting. And anxiety <laughs> producing. I don't play yes. video games because they give me anxiety. Like even like Super Mario Brothers is like, oh my god, you have to run and like. Have you seen that meme of like me trying to avoid the Omicron variant of and and then somebody oh. playing a really advanced level of Super Mario Brothers? That's how I feel.
1: About, yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not good at platformer games, so. I'm like, it's like jump and I'm like jump and I completely yeah. use the platform. So it's like, there are very, there are video games I'm very good at, but sometimes the most simple thing is just like, I can't even like yeah. understand the space that's around mm-hmm. me and how to do a simple jump. So I can, I get that. You should play more chill games like Stardew Valley. Cause that's just the like most feel good chilled game that okay. could ever be. All right. Cool. You just have a farm. It's amazing. <laughs>
0: So you live in California, right? I do. Have you ever been to any haunted places in California?
1: I have. Oh my goodness. And now I can't remember the name of it, but there is a place in San Diego that I actually did a ghost tour of. And I've also been to the, there's a house in San Jose that was the Winchester. Yes. Yes. The Winchester house, which isn't, technically haunted. Like, I think oh. they fake say it's haunted. I think Sarah Winchester was just kind of insane. I think there's a lot of, you know, paranormal shows that go to the Winchester mansion and they're like, this. there's nothing here. But, you know, she thought she was haunted by all of the ghosts of the Winchester that were killed by Winchester rifles and stuff. So she just kept adding onto the house. So the house itself is bonkers and worth visiting. That being said, I don't think it's haunted. Um, I've never seen anything at a haunted location though, but I don't seek them out too, too much. I think I'm a little too scared of something actually
0: happening. (laughs) me too me too i don't want to see anything everyone who's like oh i really want to see a ghost i'm like yeah. and i mean and then alcatraz i mean is basically in my
1: backyard so <laughs> i have been there multiple times but and and there's a there's a energy that you absolutely feel when you go to alcatraz and i think it's not so much it being haunted but just the energy of what has gone on there for so many years it's going to it leave some kind of imprint, whether it's ghosts or just, it, it's very dark when you're in bleak, yeah. when you're there, mm.
0: gotcha.
1: but it's cool. So it's really it's worth visiting. I think they have a really good, if you've never been to Alcatraz, they have a really good audio tour that you oh. can do. And like, it tells you where to walk around and has like really good. And it's like in 50 languages. It's amazing. <laughs> they did a really good
0: job knowing that they have a lot of international people visiting the rock. So that's awesome. I have only been to the Bay area once and I did not go to Alcatraz. So I will do yeah. that. Next you time have to there. book your tickets in advance
1: too. It's not mm-hmm.
0: like, you know, if you go to the
1: Bay area, you're like, I'm going to go to San Francisco and just be like, Oh, I'm going to hop on the boat to Alcatraz. I'm like, they, they, I mean, I don't know what it's like right now. It's probably not happening, but yeah, it's usually like they book like a month out in tickets because they can only send so many people
0: there by ferry yeah, a day. Totally. So you said you read horror books. What kind of horror fiction or nonfiction have you read recently? I work. I do
1: uh, like to partake in um, the bloody good horror book club as much as I can, though I tend to be very behind. (laughs) And the one we're reading right now is called my heart is a chainsaw. And it's interesting. I can't say if I like it or not right now, because the main character is really annoying. Like I don't (laughs) like her, but you know, I'm, I'm into it. Other books I really enjoy reading are very, I love reading a lot of like bizarre medical history books. Like, like I love Sawbones. So I loved reading the Sawbones book, which is all about bizarre medical history, or just, there's one I think called Quackery, which is all about what people used to do and like curing people with cocaine and like all, like all these crazy things that they used to do. I even got a new book that was mentioned on an episode of my favorite murder. And it's about fashion and like what was being made in fashion that basically was just killing people, you know, like the color, like the green paint and the lead and the things and like what was going on when hatters were making hats and arsenic and radium and all these things that were being put into clothing and was just like poisoning people. And I love weird books like that because it's hard to imagine a time where anyone was like, yeah, here's arsenic. Go put it in your mouth. It'll cure your headache or something. It's just like, (laughs) what, what is happening? But of course we didn't know, but yeah, it's fun to look back on it and try to learn from it as well as you can.
0: (laughs) Nice. That to me, that just sounds like torture porn in book form. I know it's not, (laughs) but like, (laughs) I yeah. have trouble reading books about haunted houses and like learning about what went on there and then trying to go to sleep. I can't do it. Yeah. So
1: no, I, that I, makes sense. Like what books, what did you read one? That... There is
0: one that's called like the most haunted houses in America that I'm, I'm like a third of the way through. And I just have never been able to like finish it or really continue it. Cause it's just, every chapter just freaks me out. And I'm like, I gotta go to bed.
1: <laughs> right. You're like, I do not want to live in a haunted house. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Some people do. They're like,
1: yeah, haunted house. Let's go. And it's like, in theory, I act like, I think that would be fun or like, Oh, I want to stay at the Stanley hotel. And it's like, in reality, I probably really don't because if something freaked me out, I literally would probably never sleep again. So,
0: Oh, I (laughs) I act like I
1: want to, but I really don't.
0: (laughs) Yeah. People, people come on here and they tell me ghost stories that have happened to them. And I'm like, how are you still living? Cause I would have had a stroke.
1: <laughs> yeah. Luckily so. I've never had a ghost experience and it's probably cause I would want one. And I think that's um, something they always talk about.
0: is like, the more you want something, I think the less likely it is to happen for you. Well, that's how I feel about getting my cats to sit on my lap. They won't do that right. either. They know right. I want it too badly. Exactly. <laughs> You're like, let me love you. And they're like, mm,
1: <laughs> no. And then they'll sit on your lap, like in the you're just like, now is not a good time. Like literally not. I'm like, I just ate, I'm bloated. Please don't make biscuits on my stomach. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) So how do you decide what horror movie to watch when you're looking for something to watch? Oh God. it's,
1: It's so hard for me. I have so much trouble with this because there's so many times like previously and I'm trying to to not do it anymore, I would just like go through and add things to my list, but then I'd spend like an hour doing that and then never watch anything because I wasted time. (laughs) So I I use Letterboxd a lot and I tend to like go on there and filter and see what's streaming or rentable based on what streaming services I have. But right now I'm just trying to watch what's on my list. Like just literally go and watch what's on my list but a lot of times, I'll try to pick something that's on a podcast episode that I try to not listen to episodes of podcasts that are about something I want to watch because they'll tend to talk about it in full and spoil it. So if there's um, an episode I really want to watch or listen to, then I'll like pick that movie like that way I can can listen to it and then listen to all these other ones about it. And whenever I finish a movie, I want to listen to as many podcast episodes on that movie. Yeah, like immediately. Same, same, same. <laughs> so I think that really justifies like what I want to do. Like I listen a lot to the evolution of horror. I'm not sure if you've ever listened I'm to not, them. I'm not. Oh, they're so good. And each season is based on a type of horror. So there's like folklore and aliens mm-hmm. and body horror and mind horror. And I'll listen to all the ones that I've watched, but then there'll be like 15 that I have it. And I'm like, okay, we gotta, gotta watch all these so I can go back and listen to them, deep dive into the analysis of them.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I, I I do sometimes listen to podcast episodes about movies that I haven't seen, but I've realized that I retain almost nothing from the podcast episode. So I will, I will listen to it and I'll be like, oh, that's what happens. And then it will be a couple of weeks and then I'll go watch the movie and I'll be like, oh, I totally didn't remember anything that they said in the podcast. So
1: that's good. I did. (laughs) I made the mistake of listening to the bloody good horror episode of the boy before ever watching the boy. And (laughs) I think that really, ruined it for me. So I have to know that I'm really not going to want to watch the movie yeah. to listen to the episode. Even when people say they're not going to spoil it, they somehow kind of do yeah. for me. <laughs> and it takes me about a year to have it divulge from my mind. And that's also why I don't watch trailers because oh. if a trailer like is over a minute, I think it's too much information and I'll like remember the visuals like Oh, this is supposed to happen next because I saw it in the trailer, unless they're kind of the, they do the thing where they put things in the trailer that aren't in the movie. I'd prefer that because then, yeah, <laughs> I'm not looking, right. I'm looking for it, but it's not going to be there. So, uh, yeah, I tend to just like a synopsis looks good. Maybe a 30 second trailer. If it seems up my alley, I'm good. I'll, I'll watch it. I don't, I don't like to watch it, watch trailers. They're too long. They give away the movie most of the time.
0: Oh, I know. After the first scream five trailer came out, I watched it like a ton of times. And then I started looking up YouTube videos, analyzing it. And then I was like, I don't want the whole movie spoiled. I'm not going to do this anymore. So I didn't watch another trailer for it. So that sounds like my partner.
1: He does that with like the star Wars films. And it was, he was just like, you want to watch this? And I was like, no, not really. Like I want to just watch the movie. Like I know I want to see it. Why do I want to Boil it for me. I know I'm going to buy the video game. I don't need to watch the the trailer for it. Like, yeah, just, just give it to me.
0: <laughs> have you watched any of the new horror streaming series that have come out in the last year? Like uh, Midnight Mass or Archive 81 or. Both of those I- are on my
1: to watch list. Yeah. TV shows are a lot harder for me because they're just like an investment. I want to watch Midnight Mass because I did enjoy uh, Haunting a Hill House and Bly Manor, not as much as yeah. Hill House, but it was still very good. I do like watching I mean it's not newer but shutter has the Channel 0 series which is really cool and they're based off of creepypastas and I watched the first season of that and uh, which was based off of a creepy pasta called Candle Cove and they're they're I think they're really well done like each season is a new creepy pasta oh. so I really like that other than that it's It's just like hard for me to get into a TV show. I'm much more likely to just sit down and watch a movie because then it's just- One and done. One and done, (laughs) exactly. It's like maybe two hours of my time and not 10 hours. A lot of the time, you know- TV shows I watch with my partner and we don't live together. So to watch a TV show takes a very long time. Yeah. We don't tend to binge shows together because we will be like, okay, let's watch one episode over our laptop. And then we're like three, two, one. Okay. Press play. And it's like, Oh, I didn't press play. And it's just, it's so difficult. <laughs> so, but we watched the haunting shows together. So midnight mass is really high up there on me wanting to watch. Cause I love Mike Flanagan and what he's doing. And I just, At first I thought archive, what was it? Archive 81? 81, yeah. I thought it was like a documentary until I realized (laughs) it was a series, but like I thought it was a documentary and the synopsis was like, (laughs)
0: oh, hell yeah, I want to watch that. And then I was like, oh, it's not real, but is is it good? I don't know if you've seen it. Um, I started watching the first two episodes yesterday. Very good. I'm going to watch another couple of episodes tonight. Okay,
1: cool. Maybe I'll just need to, you know, like I said, I need to get through my watch list and stop adding things to my watch list and actually start watching them. So
0: I definitely can feel you there. I have a ton of things on like every streaming platform has its own list. And then my letterbox has a list too.
1: And then I just want to sit there and spend time adding to it rather than getting through it. (laughs) What am I doing to myself? (laughs) Uh,
0: Are there any horror movies that you won't watch or that you won't watch ever again because of content or anything like that?
1: I personally do have a hard time with any kind of rape or rape revenge plots. Typically when in the hands of a male director, because they don't think they get it right a lot. Like I have zero interest in the last house on the left, yeah. even though people are like, yeah, it's great. It's like, it's is not, it,
0: you not. know, I don't really
1: hear a lot of women saying it's great. So it's I don't not. know if I can like take it. It's like, I just have no interest in watching it. I understand it has its place and horror history and whatever, but that or like extreme horror, I mean, we've all heard of what's going on with a Serbian film. And it's like, no, that's not me. Or like even Sallow. It's just like, that sounds disgusting and gross. And I get that that is what extreme horror is trying to do is push the boundaries. And I understand and respect people that do seek that out, but it's just one of those things that's like, eh, not for me. I tend to like talk to people. If a movie looks like it could have some plot lines that could, you know, make me upset. If I go in knowing, I think it helps me like set my mindset of what I'm prepared to see if there's going to be like, I took a really long time to watch Promising Young Woman because I didn't know um, what, how far it was going to go into the topic I think obviously it did a really great job. They don't even mention the word rape at all in the film, but it's not one of those that I just put on right before bed and like, yeah, let's feel good (laughs) about these. Like I want to watch Prevenge because I know it's, or is it Revenge? Prevenge
0: is something different than Revenge. Revenge is the one where it's the girl with the dirt on her face with the pink earrings. Yes. Revenge, I
1: think, is by a woman director, but it's about her pregnancy. So, hmm. different film, both I think female directors, but or there's the movie The Nightingale, you know, yeah, it's really hard to watch. It's apparently really, really hard to watch. And it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, I know there's a good movie there, but I don't know if the movie justifies putting myself through watching that. And if I'm fast forwarding through it, am I, you know, really taking the film in as a whole? So, I think that's like where it goes for me. I'm not one of the people that has a lot of issues with animal stuff. Like it tends to all be fake. I know cannibal Holocaust is not fake, but it is a movie I do want to watch. And, but yeah, it, it tends to be like, I like to look at the uh, par- parental guidelines on IMDB <laughs> to see yeah. how intense a movie goes. And if there's like 20 things under sexual violence, I'm like, nah, fam, I'm good. Yeah.
0: Definitely. I would also suggest looking at does the dog die.com for trigger warnings, right? So. Do they do more than just animal stuff? Oh, they do a whole list of stuff. Oh, I had no yeah. idea. That's They're so like, great. is there, is there fingernail trauma? Does somebody oh, get a ahead. limb severed? Yeah. So okay. there's a whole okay. list of stuff. teeth. Trauma is the one that tends Yeah, to that's like, on there too. Yeah. That's not good for me. Okay. I actually yeah. never
1: went there. Cause I just was like, That sounds terrible. It's like, I don't care if the dog dies. It's not that I don't care if the dog dies, but it's just one of those things that I'm like, it happens. I'm not going to I it's not real typically, you Mm -hmm. know, pre-seven, maybe after 77. I don't know when the laws came out, but that's good to know. Cause then at least when you're aware it's gonna happen, you can prepare yourself, Mm -hmm. like in your mind that it's like, okay, we're gonna get into some heavy stuff. Don't do that on a bad mental health day. Yeah, definitely. Do it on a day You're really happy and want to ruin your mood.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We all have those days, especially yeah. during the pandemic. Exactly. <laughs> so have you ever had any noteworthy experiences seeing a horror movie in
1: theaters? A ton pre pandemic. I was pretty much at the Alamo draft house in San Francisco on a weekly basis. If not twice a week. They would play 35 millimeter horror films every Tuesday and they would call it terror Tuesday. And I went with a group and we called ourselves the terror Two's babes. We even made stickers for it. It was a whole thing. It was so fun. I started doing that in 2006. And then it was basically just something I went to every week, regardless of what the film was. So not being able to go to that, I missed that a lot. You know, I saw some really amazing films there on film I think the most notable one is, it's not a positive story, but it was just bonkers because, I mean, you've seen the original Candyman, correct? Mm -hmm. There's nothing really funny going on in that movie, especially towards the end. So at the Alamo Draft House, you know, you can buy drinks and stuff like that. So sometimes people get a little rowdy, but it was a packed theater. So probably 300 people to see Candyman. And we're probably 15 minutes from the film ending, and someone is laughing hysterically. And it is not funny. Nothing is funny. And he was probably like six rows in front of us, but people all around the theater could hear him. And people were yelling at him to shut up and, you know, They're the, the employees are asking him to leave, but they can't physically pick the man up and make him leave like you just can't do that. There's no point in calling the police because it's 15 minutes till the last, it's the last movie of the night it's like 1145pm or something. And this dude, it was just like str- drinking a straw burrito too. Like he snuck in a straw burrito and was just like going ham and like laughing and yelling things at Candyman, And it just ruined the entire experience. Mm-hmm. That being said, they gave every person as they exited a rain check so they could come back anytime and watch a free movie. So, you know, they, we kind of got money out of that because the the movie tickets were about $7 and then, you know, you could use it for a $15 movie. So yeah, kind of got paid to go see Candyman, but yeah, that just sucks so much because that's such a good film. And then you just have like, there's not, nothing's funny. Like (laughs) like, it's not evil dead. Like stop (laughs) laughing. Uh, Um. Another good one was seeing Sleepaway Camp in in a pretty packed theater. And it was my first time seeing it and many other people's first time seeing it. I think at the, at the end reveal, everyone just started screaming and it was just (laughs) hilarious. Like Uh. it, it was just so like, no, I don't think a lot of people were not expecting that. And most of the time Alamo draft house people aren't like laughing and responding or like they're not talking and saying things but the fact that the matter was like everyone just
0: like lost their (laughs) shit and that was just like a really fun experience yeah I'm sure that would have been fun to see in theaters when I got to the end of that the only time I've ever watched it I was like what is this what is going on well, the, how did this get
1: made episode podcast episode yes. it is very good. So I, I listened to that with my partner and, and he just did not understand what was happening. And I was like, this is a real movie. This is yeah. was just like, I don't understand. I was like, I think I had to show him a clip of it and in the face, you know, and I just love that Felicia yeah. Rose has like, just owned it too. And just been like, yep, that's me.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I watched the, how did this get made episode on malignant? but I'll have to go back and watch and listen to the other one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The malignant one was good too. Yeah. Uh, I just, (laughs) a funny story about malignant, my friend watched it and she was trying to get me to watch it and say like, it's, it's, It's kind of similar to a movie, but I can't tell you what movie it reminds me of or the types of movies because then it'll give it away. So I'm just like, kind of what? So kind of spoiler alert for those who haven't seen Malignant. She was talking about Basket Case ultimately. And like, if she had said it reminds me of Basket Case, then I probably would have started to pick up. So I'm watching it. I'm like, what is she comparing it to? And then finally, (laughs) when I saw it, she's talking about basket case. (laughs) And then we got our, my partner to see it. And he told his brother, Oh my God, you have to watch malignant. It's amazing. It's so funny. And they couldn't rent it. They missed it when it was on HBO max. So they bought it, not realizing that he like, wasn't recommending it as like an actual amazing yeah. movie but like <laughs> amazingly bad and so
0: they're like now we own that was just oh. like,
1: no one's ever gonna trust your recommendations
0: ever yeah. again. oh geez yeah i'm so, glad yeah. imagine buying
1: Mal- yeah imagine buying oh. thinking it's gonna be an amazing movie because he was he recommended hereditary to them yeah so they're like yeah yeah he's good at recommending horror not anymore not anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah. I went into malignant thinking it was going to be like this amazing, serious movie. I was sorely mistaken.
1: Yeah. I think being in the right mindset for that one, um, yeah. can, can really help. I went in with zero expectations. Cause I think that's the best way to watch yeah. a James Wan film at this point. I think he was just like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. And the studio said, okay. And sometimes I think it it has its place. You got to be in the right mood. Yeah. um, Because I think that, that mood. And and I think that's why a lot of the terror Tuesdays that I've watched, I've given like really, even if it's a terrible movie, I probably had a good time watching it because I'm with my friends and we're laughing and we take notes and pass them along (laughs) to each other. I even, I remember seeing wreck three, which I don't know if you've ever seen.
0: I haven't um, seen wreck. I need oh, to
1: wreck is amazing. Highly recommend Meh on two, three made me actually angry to the point that I like wrote notes about how angry I was and like kept them. So I have like five little note cards about how angry I was at end, watching wreck <laughs> three. And I was like, this was terrible. And my friends are like, uh, I'm sorry. And I was like, no, no, I had a great time. Thank you for coming with me. But I was very upset at what they did with this. Mm,
0: yeah. Uh, so what horror movie are you most looking forward to seeing in 2022?
1: We were going to hopefully get a new Jordan peel with Nope. Yeah. Um, I haven't even watched the trailer again. One of those things where I just want to go in blind. Cause then I have zero expectations about what I'm going to see. Ty West is coming back to doing a, to doing film. He did The House of the Devil and The Sacrament, which I both liked those. And I've been wanting another Ty West horror, but he's been really working in TV. So we're getting kind of a, a 70s style theme tour from him. So I'm really excited for that with X. There's The Northmen, hopefully coming out, new Robert Eggers. The Black Orphan from Scott Derrickson sounds really good. I the, haven't watched The Black it Phone. Yet. Is it the black black phone? Why did I write I wrote the black orphan because there's a new orphan movie coming out too. (laughs) I also wrote these notes at like midnight last night. So (laughs) The black orphan. Correct. I mean, I'm excited to see a new orphan, but like, it's one of those movies I would watch like malignant. (laughs) Like I think orphan is just bonkers. And I just like that they have um, the same actress coming back. Like how are you going to do that? And then I am excited about Halloween ends. Because yes. I do like the Halloween franchise a lot. Yeah. The yeah. new franchise. That's awesome. I, yeah, I'm
0: going to go into Halloween Ends with zero expectations. Best so. way to do. It. I think yeah. that's
1: just the best way to do film anymore because I went into midsummer and I went into us with really high expectations because I was so impressed by those directors, former films that, like, It probably was unfair. I gave it unrealistic expectations because they're very different films. And again, there's nothing wrong with us. There is like nothing wrong with Midsummer. They're fantastic films. They weren't to me the perfect films that I thought like hereditary and get out were. So it's just hard when you're like, I love everything you do. And then you're like, wait, I don't like that. Do I not (laughs) love you
0: anymore? Are we breaking up? What's happening? (laughs) Are there any horror movies that you love that people generally don't like?
1: This is kind of like hard to know because I feel like I need to like know the, cons- the general consensus of like what's what's the, what do we all think about right now. But I remember I really liked a movie called A Classic Horror Story. And I okay. think uh, a lot of people didn't like it as much as I did or didn't like it at all. You know, has it has a pretty intense twist I really had fun with that one. It did make like my top 10 of 2021. And then I like House of the Devil. And I know there's a lot of people that don't like that one out there.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I did. I watched at the end of last year, I watched a classic horror story. I thought it was good. I wasn't in love with it, but I didn't hate it either.
1: Right, yeah. And I think that's even like, you know, middle of the road, like loving a film that, I I don't know if I love a film that everybody else hates. Mm -hmm. Like it's hard and it's hard to, it's like, where's my data on that? I need like graphs of like, (laughs) I'm a very big data person. So I'm just like, how do I know what my rating is compared to the average rating? Mm -hmm. Like, I wish there was a place to find that. And I could not find that. But yeah, yeah, I just typically remember being like, um, enjoying a classic horror story and then other folks being like, no, didn't like it. Didn't get it. I think they, a lot of them watched it, um, dubbed. And I think that can sometimes yeah really, you know, and I think even watching subbed sometimes is really hard to get full context of a film yeah. because you're reading while trying to watch what's happening. Yeah. And it takes, I think a couple of times watching it to really understand and grasp what's going on.
0: Definitely. If you could remake one horror movie, which one would it be? So I think it's coming, but it's like been
1: quote unquote coming for like a couple of years now, but Robert Eggers is supposed to be tied to a Nosferatu remake. And mm-hmm. that is something that even if he doesn't do it, I think someone should do it. I think Nosferatu is a fantastic film and I would love to see the design uh, of like a Count Orlock in a modern day with practical effects, but then like a hint of CGI to like really like make it feel realistic without being like, oh, that's all CGI and it looks like shit. But I love the gothic time period vampire. And I think there's not really been, I think a lot of Nosferatu remakes ever really done. There was Shadow of the Vampire, which kind of had... No in it because it's about the film. But yeah, I think there's like two apparently that are going to be made, but they have no dates and I can't find anything on them. So oh. I want both of them to come yeah. out. And if they're not happening, I want someone else to do a No Sharatu remake.
0: Awesome. Well, fingers crossed that we get yes. those. Thank this you. This year.
1: <laughs> this year. Give me all <laughs> the horror this year.
0: <laughs> so my last question is if you had to spend quarantine with one horror villain, who would it be? So. I guess,
1: I don't know. This might be a cheap answer. I think he's a villain, quote unquote, but Sam from trick or treat, I think would be really cool to just like hang out with, you know, I really like candy. He's got a bag of candy and we could just sit and eat candy. You know, I think we would be friends. I respect the rules of Halloween and we both like candy. So I think Sam and I would get along really well.
0: Is he the kid that's in like the little suit with the pumpkin head? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A
1: cool. little burlap, uh, burlap yeah. sack. And he's like a really creepy pumpkin underneath, but yeah. Him with his little lollipop. He's like one of my favorite images in horror. Like I just love his design <laughs> with his little bitty lollipop.
0: Yeah. He's adorable. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was so much fun. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you on the internet?
1: Sure. I go by Whipney Please on pretty much all the socials. That's W-I-B-N-E-Y-P-L-S. And you can also, hopefully, I'm not sure when this comes out, but hopefully by the time this comes out or shortly thereafter, there will be my first article on bloodygoodhorror.com about some video games that you can play with your loved ones. So uh, check me out there and uh, yeah, send
0: me a tweet about, uh, talk about horror movies with, with me online. Awesome. If that article is out by the time this comes out, then I will leave a link in the show notes and post it on Twitter and stuff. Thank you. That'll be great. I'm very excited about it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. Thank you so much, Allison. That's it for this week's episode of Who's There. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Whitney Stutes, and thanks again to Whitney for coming on. I'll leave links to her socials and the article that she wrote on Bloody Go To Horror in the show notes. You can follow us on Twitter at Who's pod We're on Instagram at Who's Podcast. Or if you have any questions, comments, concerns, horror movie recommendations, or you'd like to be a guest, shoot us an email at PC at gmail.com. Yes, that's a new email address. And until next time, stay scary and get vaccinated.